All right, hope everybody's doing good. We are here today with a musician here in Kansas City, uh, Gogo Ray. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. All right. I heard. I think the the first time I heard you was actually at uh, George Robinson's jam, like eight <laughs> years ago at the Phoenix. That was one of the first jams I came to in town. I remember that very yeah. well. Yes. And uh, I know every time, like most of the time, when I hear you play, it cracks me up because. You're sitting there like, well, what what do I do? Do I give them the or do I give them the you know? It's like it's just crazy because you have so much technique while you play that you're just like, what am I gonna do this time? You know, you just you just you know you just got everything under control, man. I've always been really impressed by every time I hear you play in any kind of any kind of band, man. man thank yeah, you, yeah. thank you. You know, I just pick and choose the moments. I mean, you know, first of all. What are we playing, music-wise, mm -hmm. and that determines it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. Sometimes it's good to go, ah, mm -hmm. but then sometimes it's just good to go, whack, and there's the feel mm -hmm. and the biggest statement has yeah. been made. That's that's good, man. Yeah, man. and that's that's like, I know when people t when when I go out to like open jams and stuff, and these these non musicians come up to us. How do you guys make everything up on the spot? And you just mentioned something. I mean, it's not really making anything up. The, the rest of the band are kind of helping you decide what to do right now, right? Exactly. I mean, a simple dance tune. Mm. Yeah, you're not going to go nuts behind the kit. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the groove, the pocket. Yeah. Get the people in the seats on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. And once you got them, keep it there. Yeah. And... That is the best time to turn down a drum solo. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you guys, so yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll sit this one out. Just stay here and play the groove. Mm -hmm. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that a lot with, with, especially at open jams is a perfect example of this. But in any band, when you have, when you, when you do your job, everybody else looks better. You know, and when they're doing their job, you look better. And, and it's tough, like especially in an open jam setting, when everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people are trying to do the me, me, me kind of thing, you mm -hmm. know, and you don't realize they, they just don't, you know, they just don't understand that when, when the, when the drummer doesn't do its, doesn't do his job, everybody looks really bad. And when the singer's really bad, everybody looks really bad. You know, when you don't <laughs> do your job, like it screws everybody else up, right? Exactly. You know, the drummer to me is the bus driver. Mm -hmm. So let's say the whoever's in charge the lead singer the lead guitar player they're like the host they're telling you the story your surroundings but yet i gotta avoid potholes mm -hmm. or something or mm -hmm. there's a detour sign okay don't go through there go this way mm -hmm. so as long as i'm doing my job just keep things going things are great mm -hmm. and you know yeah the drums it's a foundation mm -hmm. You know, and that gives all the other people a chance to build something and they can tear it down. But I must stay strong mm -hmm. as a foundation. I can't allow for any cracks, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. I just got to be strong so they can build, tear down, rebuild, tear down until we get to the end. Yeah. And that just makes sense to me. I think of a lot of times I'm thinking of like, 
like I'm sitting like as a as a violin player, the solo person on in in a band with like the bass and drum, like just the rhythm section. I feel like I'm on like a flying carpet sort of. There you go. And when my flying carpet falls out from under me, it's like oh crap, you See? know. And and so like that's it, it. And and the other analogy I always talk about is like the linemen in football. You know, when they when they suck, everything sucks. You know, but they don't ever get any credit. They don't get you know, but it's the, the unsung job, right? heroes. Yeah, yeah, sure. The linemen create the gap mm-hmm. for the star running back to run through. Without mm-hmm. that gap, there's nothing. And I, I like how you said that you're on a flying carpet, mm-hmm. but then when it's pulled from you, yeah, it's not fun. You know. I have to avoid that from the beginning. I got to make sure if something else falls, I'm still there. You have support. Yeah. Whether you're playing a rhythmic part, if you're mm-hmm. soloing, you have something like, okay, I can do whatever. This is stable. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with this thing called drumming. Yeah, yeah. sure, man. Yeah, the foundation. That's, that's great. So like like with your, how, how the heck did you get started playing drums <laughs> or whatever? It started a long time ago for those who... Um, <laughs> Remember these shows, you know, before there was a thing called MTV, there were um, live shows weekly, ABC in concert, Mm -hmm. Don Kirshner's rock concert, the Midnight Special, Mm -hmm. bands, no matter rock, country, funk, the the pop thing, if you had the hit song, you were on that show. Uh, it was a treat for me to stay up with my brother and sister to watch those shows as it came on late at night. So as a kid, you see this going on and you're like, wow, that looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So didn't have a drum set right away. So what works better than that at the moment? Bean bags, coffee cans, mm-hmm. mom's best pots and pans because mm-hmm. they had the better sound. Yeah, and you find a couple of sticks or something, and you make what you think is a drum kit. Wow. I didn't have a bass drum pedal, so I'm kicking the bean bags. I had the low end, and you're just playing along with whatever you hear on the radio, what you see on wow. TV. And, you know, you know, mom and dad go, okay, oh, well, give them, let them keep these pots and pans. We'll get some new ones. They get new ones. Well, that's my new kit now. Wow. Better sound. So I'm hearing wow. sounds. And they're like, what, what is it with this kid? He just wants to hit stuff. <laughs> Finally, at the uh, age of nine years old, I get into elementary school band. You know, I'm from Dallas, Texas originally. Mm-hmm. So you could get in band in fourth grade. <clears throat> at least you could in the year of yeah. 1977. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last guy to get in on the drums. That's, what does a band need? Another drummer. Ugh. And they were trying to say, like, hey, man, saxophone, that, that'll be fun. It's like, no, man, mm. drums, come on, drums. Mm. But I got in on drums, took lessons, did my homework, and a major point for me was starting in September 77, playing with the advanced band, which just says you're playing with the older kids, fifth mm-hmm. and sixth grade, at the Christmas show in December 77. And once I got to that point, I never looked back. I was always with them. But that came with a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. That's about, what, three months? I was new. Three to four months? Mm-hmm. I was new. So mm-hmm. I worked hard just to be a part of that because I thought it sounded cool. Like, the Vans band, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
advanced band. Kids who've been there longer, they get to play the shows. I want to be a part of that. And once that happened, there it is. The bug is set. Band all through school, summer programs, practice, practice, practice. That was that's all I wanted to do. Playing the band, and man, I just ran away with it. Yes, I missed a lot of cool parties, mm. other cool events, but man, I played <laughs> a lot of drums, a lot of people. Yeah, and that was fun. Wow, man! Yeah. I, pots and pans first, huh? Pots and pans, man. I can still see it to this day. Wow. Yeah, clankety clank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you you said something really interesting. So to like switch over to maybe like students in general. I know you've got a got your own studio. You're talking about the advance band and that and I can just I can just hear it from you that that was like a major motivator for you. Maybe not before you got into it, but after you got in it. Oh. Like you you were just like, man, I'm with the big kids or I'm whatever. With the big kids. Just, and and so I man, I've been thinking about this that with like motivating for me as a teacher, I, I've been trying to think of all the ways that kids might get motivated or people might get motivated. And I, I came up with kind of a list. So one is like this external thing that you just talked about with, I'm with the, I'm with the bigger kids and it's not just about you. It's kind of about the whole group yes. and the other kids there. There's like concerts, you know, putting this external thing to look forward to. Um, I've thought about like, obviously like parental support, like the, the parents saying good job. Um, the, you know, putting good songs in front of them that aren't completely lame, uh, being, being kind of a mildly fun teacher and being in a good mood and not just screaming at them all the time, <laughs> um, playing games with little kids, you know, all these kind of things are all like motivators and like, and so I've been trying to think of like how I can be more motivating to them and but it, it drives me nuts because I'll list out all these things and I'll kind of think about them. I'm like, okay, well, I have concerts. I'm trying to give them good songs. I, you know, go through the list and there's still some kids sitting there that, you know, that just, they're just not into it. And it's, and it's not even that the parents made them. It's like they're sort of pretending and saying that they sort of want to be there too. Mm -hmm. And so like, so that leads me to this conclusion that I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff and I don't like the idea of putting it on well, it's just not for them. I always want to bring it back to something else that I could do. And then that leads me to at night be sitting there, you know, worried about, you know, losing, <laughs> losing sleep over it. But that leads me again to the conclusion. It, what, I mean, what do you think of this phrase? Is, are there some kids that you're just not going to reach and you need to move on? Or what, what do you think about that? You can try and try and try. But there will be some kids that you won't reach. Mm -hmm. And from this side of it, yes, that's difficult. Because you want every kid to like, hey, take this, run with it. Mm -hmm. Not true. Not true. You know, you don't have to give up. But at some point, you have to realize, okay, these kids are serious. This kid is... I think this kid's just trying to find his or her way. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes there's a force with the parents, mm -hmm. and that can be difficult. Yeah. You know, your parents force you to do this. Well, you're going to rebel. Yeah. Okay, I'll go, but I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to do anything. Right. And you're telling them for a month straight, hey, um, page one is not happening. More practice. And the parents say, okay, and come okay. back. Same thing. Yeah, you... 
You tried. You tried right. your best. Right. As long as you know that, you can move forward. And so you got to just let it go as the teacher, let it right? Go. You got to let it go. Say, I, I, I can't. You got <laughs> to let know? it go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let it go. Yeah. I bet you get this a lot, too, where I don't get very many kids that literally hate violin. They all like it. You know, they all like music, and they don't hate playing, they, but it's just the work outside of it. I, I mean, right? I mean, do you get that a lot? Right. They like the drums, but... They just aren't going to do anything. Putting in the time. You know, some kids, you have to pull them away from the drum kit because they're practicing a lot. Pull them away from the snare drum. Other kids, you try to push them to it and maybe 15 minutes and they're done. Mm -hmm. And I try to get all the students to practice at least one hour a day. I mean, with today's technology, whatever your favorite Mm -hmm. TV show is, put it on the DVR. Mm -hmm. And just practice, you know, get into a routine. And I like to think that helps with structure, organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, and, and that's the other one, too. Like, for example, I don't know if you guys have this for drums, but, like, like vibrato, for example, for us. I, I know as a teacher, if you want to, to get really good at this, there's these X things that you're going to have to do. And the vibrato exercises are about the worst ones. It's <laughs> right? They're just obnoxious and terrible. So, so I know that if that was the goal, you would have to do this. Well, sometimes I'm sitting there with the kid and I'm starting to get a little bit better at doing that judging moment is, is this the kid that's going to go do it? Or is, am I just, you know, I hate that word wasting my time with going through and expecting him to do this or do I do? Do I need to just let that go and go back to the song or something? Mm-hmm. You know, make make that decision there, and that's the like art of like reading people and crap. And I, I <laughs> you know, I don't know how to, you know, I, I I don't know how to get any better at that or what you know or how to even practice that or something. You know, but right. I don't the, know if you deal with that. The more know. students you have, you, you get a little better at mm-hmm. reading them. Uh, and what's funny is. Um, Sometimes there's that student that'll get it at the very last minute when you're probably ready to give up. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. There's another student, you can just tell, wow, this is not working. And then, of course, there's that one student that you show them one time and that's all they think about and they, it's yeah. been practiced so much they got it down. There are things for drummers, uh, a lot of rudiments. I would call that the drummer scale. Mm-hmm. You have to learn that. It's good for the hands, it's good discipline. And I try to find a way to make it cool. So learn this pattern. Okay, you got it down. Now apply it to the drum kit and you can do this. Hey, didn't you tell me that this is a song you would like to play? Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. That's probably what that drummer's doing. So if you learn this, you can do that. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Right, but when yeah. it works, man, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They just, because they think that's impossible. But they get a little glimpse. First time may not be so good. Give it a couple of weeks or so. Mm. They're on it. So I try to think of things where, okay, learn this thing that we don't want to practice. Get this down so you can do these things. Here's the songs that are right at your fingertips if you get this down. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about it. The more of this I give you, think about how your song list is going to grow. So yeah, and and so like I, I was thinking for myself, because this is maybe where I'm getting a dis—it's disjointed or whatever between my students and myself—is that with all these different motivators, I know what what motivates me is the sound of the music. 
Like that, that's the thing that, that really dry, like when music's played badly, I lose my mind, you know, it's like, and, and I don't know if you're the same, <laughs> no, that, that's, that's my motivator. Like, and that's probably why, why I might have decent pitch or whatever is because it's supposed to be a C sharp, not a kind of an exactly C sharp, you know? And so the, when it's you. not exact, I, I lose my mind and mm -hmm. get really pissed off, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and especially, and I, and I can handle that with kids, you know, but, but like when jammers come out and, and adults, something happens to me and I lose all patience whatsoever. But, but like, so that's my motivator is why it's not because it says C sharp is cause that that's what the song is mm -hmm. because like, so a drummer example would be like when you hear like a nineties rock tune that's like laid back and somebody like pushes it up about that much faster. I'm like, you mother, you know, like, you know, that pisses me off. You guys just ruined that song. You know, like shaky ground is a perfect example. When somebody like pushes that barely up, you know, and, and they don't so lay versions you know, of that. <laughs> like that temptations version is like extremely laid back. And, and like, that's the kind of example of when I get, that's my motivator. And so that, that is what I, of course, want all my students to have is that because that motivator is the one that's going to get them. You know, that's the that's the one where they're going to be pissed off when they miss this little thing and they're going to sit there for an extra minute. Right. So that's what I want. I want them to. I get that. You know, like <clears throat> playing a song the way it should be played is beautiful. Now, also, you know, you have some artists that'll have their own interpretation of a tune, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm cool with that. Oh, I yeah. mean. Some some songs that are just mid tempo, I've heard them slow or really fast. But if it's done well, I'm cool with that. But when you're not nailing the parts, mm -hmm. you know whether you're a student or the adult jammer, oh, your night just got longer. Yeah. Your time in the lesson room just got longer, man. And that's oh, yeah. that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. And that's when you apply the smile in the lesson room like that's not it but we're gonna work on this we're gonna get it at a jam you're just like man can we just get to the end and cut this song let's take it to the end out all right thank you next <laughs> oh and man i've even i've been to some jams where i just wouldn't play i just listened and i couldn't stay long enough to listen i'll tell you a funny story man um a jam that I got to witness and be a part of in Norway, Trondheim, Norway. Mm. There was this host, and he had a wireless mic. <clears throat> He'd get the musicians together, tell them to play. When it's good, he's cool. But when it's bad, you just hear him talk, and done. All right, we're going to get these people up next. Yes, and I'm like, them. Yeah, wow, yeah. did mm. this really happen? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I better go on the stage. I better play like I know what I'm doing mm -hmm. so I don't get the chop. Because mm -hmm. they don't mess around. No song that's going bad will last in that environment. He's right there listening and wow. chopping. When he stops it, that's mm -hmm. it. You don't play an extra note. Mm -hmm. What a jam concept. Yeah, and I've heard, I've heard guys talk about like you getting, uh, getting, you know, maybe not in the middle of the song, but after the song's done, they, they're like, Hey, thanks, man. We're gonna get some more people. I mean, they 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 chop you after a exactly. song, and yep. that's the same concept where they're exactly. they're in charge here. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna meet this baseline a little. You know, <laughs> I saw a whole band get chopped. Like, wow. And to be fair, did they start together? No. Yeah. 
they were probably not going to end together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the map in the middle was just like, well, that person's in that section. He's thinking solo. He's not sure the two. Oh, there's the chop. Mm -hmm. Wow, this guy's good. Wow. He heard that. Yeah. Yeah, so right there, that's one of those wow. lessons like, okay, know the song, be ready, pay attention. Right. So the less notes for the drummer to play, the better, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like another one that I've been thinking about a lot is like I was we were discussing a little bit before the show started about certain teachers that kind of want to use the use ultimate ultimate fun kind of being the motivator and then as a, if you looked at it as a silly spectrum of you have the like drill sergeant Nazi right and then you've got the ultimate you know oh good job you know that kind of stuff and like the I understand. Like, so I've been always thinking about like improv with my students where if I, especially as classical people, if I get that wall down, they're done in a good way. Like I got them, you know, if they mm -hmm. can just get that, that fear wall gone. Well, I think the same thing. So I would imagine that these, the mo the heavy motivator teachers would say, if I can just get them to have fun, then that wall is down and I got them. I, I, I would assume that they would look at it in that way. But my problem is, is that when I talk to those people, it's funny that for the last 45 minutes, they haven't said anything about their students actually getting good or not. You know what I mean? All they're talking about is that, that they're having fun. Right. And, and so to me, the fun as a motivator doesn't address the discipline problem. You know what? What do you what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> when I started taking lessons, I had the hardcore teachers. Mm -hmm. It's either right or it's not. Mm -hmm. If it's right, you will play with the band. If it's not right, I can't use you. Mm -hmm. So now you probably can't really get away with that in today's times, mm -hmm. but there are other ways around this, and this is fun. <laughs> this is what I do with my students. Here's an assignment, okay? You understand it? Good. I'm gonna write the date on this. This is the date it was given to you. Mm -hmm. Okay, you need to have this next week because next week I wanna write something else and put another date on it. Mm -hmm. If we're not getting it, you're, faced to, uh, you're, you're facing that date. You're looking at it all the time and it's like, oh man, I gave that to you a month ago and we're, we're, not, we're nowhere near it. Gotta work on that. We, we can't go this long not getting stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, do my students like that? I don't think so. You know, and if I asked them, maybe a few would be bold and tell me, but it's yeah. the truth. Yeah. You know, it reinforces, hey, mm -hmm. you were given this on this day, learn it. And with me, I like to give them things that they can achieve in a week. I tell them, mm -hmm. here it is. You'll have it next week. But saying that, that means they're practicing at least an hour a day. And that, and you can tell when a student comes into a room the, by the way they walk. They sit behind. <laughs> yeah, you yet, can right? tell. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. You know, my my students that get it, they uh, come in there. Yeah, yeah, my students that get it, they come in there. All right, here we go. Yeah, the ones that don't That's get funny, it, man. there's always a little conversation that they want to have. It's like, oh, okay. Stalling, stalling. Yeah, and at some point I tell them about That's that. Once weird. I keep them for a while, I tell them about that. So you know when you just want to talk about why you can't do this, you, you know that tells me that you really can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then I give them the, the real world situation. So would you do that on a gig? 
Oh, you come to a lesson, you forget your drumsticks? That's like going to the gig. You got your kid already set up, no sticks? How's that going to work out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. give them a little bit of the real world. Right. But getting back to the lessons, I put dates on there. Mm-hmm. Also, um, we have a lot of technology today. So I'll set the phone up and record them when they play. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I nailed it. I got it. Okay. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to play this back. You're going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And then they just look and go, um, oh, wow, okay. I had that section, but I was nowhere near that section. Mm-hmm. I said, man, if you film yourself doing practice, I bet you'll clean up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It works for me. Yeah. If I see a performance of myself that's just horrible, and I can find a mistake on everything I've ever done, mm-hmm. I'm like, go, go, what are you thinking? Never do that again. <laughs> do more of that. Don't yeah. you think about doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that to the students. It that's how we get that motivation and that's that's the fun getting it down right getting your stuff down that's the fun mm-hmm. not making excuses mm-hmm. and then of course if they're playing something then they stop it's like wait a minute you forgot when you come into the room it's showtime you're on stage mm-hmm. if you make a mistake you better keep going mm-hmm. the band's gonna just leave you man mm-hmm. keep going so that that's how I get to them and make them enjoy like man if you get this this is fun when you play from beginning to end this is fun this is how you nail it yeah and then keep that fire burning so you so you said for sure and i and i I tried to do this and i need to do it even more i i tried to pretty clear with them what i want and you're you're talking about expectations with the date thing right yeah i mean mean, and you said and you were talking about making making obviously achievable like you like you said something that they could do in a week that's, you know, that's obviously a really good idea. Um, the one that, back to the motivating stuff, because I'm always sitting here going like, why the hell are we here? Why are we sitting in this room right now? If they're not doing this, what, what is the whole point of this? And the only thing I can come back to is, you know, somebody like myself starting at three years old, I'm not even good enough to play in Casey Symphony. You know what I mean? Those are that's the NFL, you right? Know? Yeah. And so, so what? What the hell are we doing here? Why? Why are we doing these lessons? And the only thing I can think of is the all the non musical things. And you just mentioned excuse making. You know, so all these adult adult life lesson stuff is the only thing that I can come up with of, of why we're sitting here of having the role model, um, the learning, the time management kind of stuff, the making excuses, the uh, self discipline. That you know, like, and so that. It's really funny though because what I actually almost want, I almost want this to be a therapy session, you know, pseudo therapy. Because because every time I I see a musical thing, I can always link it back to something like psychological or something life skills wise. Every yeah. single time, and so the issue to me is not like for myself. I I mean, you're you're going to be the same way. You listen to something, you're going to hear six things like in the first ten seconds, and you can keep them all tracking your head. So you're like, okay, do I hit him on this? Do I hit what? What's your, you know? And you just and you're sitting there thinking, but like so, so, so I'm wondering like why, if if that's if that's what we're doing here, if it's not really for them to you know end up playing in Aerosmith or something, you know, <laughs> right. if that's not the goal, then all these other psychological things are the goal. But whenever I try to bring that up, that's the crap they don't want to hear, you know, because they're like, this isn't therapy right now. This is, you know, why don't we just have life coach, you know, why don't we just have life coach hour, you know, <laughs> you know, it's so, so like that, that's the, 
maybe I'm just thinking too much about it, you know? No, but, no, no. Uh, that, that's cool. What do you think about that? Like, I mean, is that... Well, here's the thing. You know, when I got into teaching, just to sound different, you know, I took an ad in the pitch. I didn't want to say, hey, I'm a drum teacher. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a drum instructor. I picked the word counselor. Yeah, yeah. Drum counselor. Not knowing what I was setting myself up for. Because <laughs> there's been those days, um, you get a female student come in, mm-hmm. throw the books down, go, go. Yeah? Why do boys suck? Like, <laughs> this is about drum. Oh, man, you are at that age. Why yeah. are you? Okay, I got to. I got to give you the right advice so we don't have to go through this again. And I kind of set myself up for that. So at some point, you got to ask that student, hey, man, uh, why are you here? And sometimes I'll ask that on day one. Why are you here? Why do you want to take drum lessons? And you just have to address things where within that lesson you give them, okay, you got to practice. You got to find time to practice. Practice it right, you know, really pay attention to what you're doing. That reinforces um, probably stuff they hear in school, you know, for drummers sit up straight, no slouching. Mm-hmm. You know, did you yeah. really did you really mean that? Okay, this, is that is that correct? That kind of thing. Right. Are you sure about it? Can you do this at any given moment? And uh, for some reason, a majority of my students, I'd say at least 95%, um, they understand that I'm coming from a different place. Yes, music lessons is what it is, but there's also life lessons in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, you gotta yeah. ask. You gotta ask your student. Mm-hmm. Okay, why are we here? Why are you here? I know why I'm here. Why mm-hmm. are you here? I, that's the thing that I've been trying to do because I unfortunately like to talk so much that I always tell them. You know, I'm like, okay, this was good, that was bad, and and you're you're making a great point about no, no, I'm not gonna tell you, you're gonna watch, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then so I've been trying to do that more. I'm like, you know, so how'd you do? You know, and it's not even, and you know, of course I feel a certain way about however they just played, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, I'm trying to get them to be very very descriptive, and you know, it was good, yeah, well, that's not helpful, you know, exactly, what, you know, and trying to make them describe like you just said. Okay, the chorus of the song, I was late, but the rest of it was, you know, I'm like, okay, good, let's go right to the chorus, etc. Let's get that worked out. Right, and and exactly, not kind of, yeah, exactly what, it. you know, and and so, like, I've been trying to do that with the, have them tell me how they did, and, like, so, do you think that place that plays into that that self-motivation because because see that's my problem is that that i know that that's the end goal the end goal is the self-motivation but my problem is when i get the second grader they that's not happening you know they're not going to have self-motivation you've got to kind of help but you've got to be their motivation that age but like but that but then i can't adjust you know i need to do better at like adjusting to that and you know what i mean like (laughs) i I hear you man i I have a I have a young kid. He's, um, I believe, he's starting third grade now, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> he takes an hour with me. Wow! Yeah. And he, uh, KJ Mace. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, um, he's a go getter. Yeah. Yeah. He means business. Could be a monster. Yeah. Huh? And yeah, I can. Yeah, and yeah. He gets to sit in with local bands in Kansas City. Wow. He get. He's allowed to play a drum solo. Mm-hmm. Then he'll play a song. Mm-hmm. And with him, I was trying the whole discipline thing. And then I just tapped into what he was all about. 
then we sneak in the discipline lessons. Right. And just uh, recently, he he played a very well constructed drum solo. Mm. I gave him some ideas. It's like, okay, you can start this way, you end this way. Okay, this section. Enough about me. What what can you add to these two sections right here? Mm -hmm. what, what are you thinking? Yeah. Put a camera on. Okay, play it. Mm -hmm. Watch it. Play it again. Watch that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he killed it. And the biggest takeaway from the lesson, he went behind the drum kit, and as the band was announcing him, he didn't noodle. He didn't make any noise. Yeah. He just sat there. He yeah. looked at the drums. He did this to make sure things are in place. He wasn't tapping during the whole mm -hmm. thing. That was his thing before that. But right. I've got a little bit of discipline in him, just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's amazing. And See, that's non-musical, right? That, yeah, that has nothing go. to do with music right there. Yeah. That's just straight up discipline. Discipline. You know, of him just, yeah. you know. He's we, waiting. Yeah. And he in his mind, he mm -hmm. knows, okay, when they say my name, once they're done saying my name, begin. They said his name, small pause, monster. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Awesome. And I just told him about that the day of his performance. Right, yeah. That was part of the lesson. Right. Yeah, and you talked about yeah, that. Yeah. He yeah, took yeah, it and yeah. ran with it. Mm -hmm. And then um you know, I heard from his mom. She loved it. And I can't wait to review his performance with him. Oh sure. This time I think he'll be telling me, okay, that was good, go go, but now that part I can do better. Right. He's like, how old are you again? Yeah, I know. That, Man, that he's people acting, three times your age, I can't yeah. get him to do this. He's acting like an adult. Right. He's acting he's getting right it. there. Yeah, 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 he is getting That's it. That's awesome, man. So, yeah, man, ask your student, you know, why are we here? And mm -hmm. they, they should be able to answer that no matter what age, mm -hmm. you know? And kids are honest. Yeah. Yeah, you should. And you tell I, them that I want your honest yeah, answer. I, I want to have want fun. You yeah. Tell me what, yeah. yeah. Did your mom make you? That's an answer. Exactly. It's yeah. it's relevant. You know, you know, yeah. That's their time. They can express themselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. did your mom or dad make you? Are you having fun doing this? Do you really want to do this? Uh-huh. And then you kind of tailor your lesson around that. Yeah. But you can do it in a way where you still get all the main points you want to get in, right. but yet they're having fun. Right. And before you know it, they're just doing stuff. Yeah. And you know, of course there's always a couple exceptions. You just gotta Say hey, I did my best, and I couldn't reach that student, but I got, I got these group, this group of students over here. I'm right. gonna run with it. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So like 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 switching to drummers specifically, what's a like definitely now kind of in bands. What's a typical thing that you see that drummers do that you wish they wouldn't? <laughs> you know, <laughs> one one for me would be like doing obviously just volume and playing you know a thousand fills every four seconds you know right. I mean, is, is that the one for you or is oh man let's let's start from the beginning mm -hmm. uh, you get behind the drum kit you want to create some type of um mystery okay mm -hmm. so that means don't get up there and play all your cool stuff before the show starts <laughs> don't don't do that just be that be that volcano volcano waiting to erupt uh, and then there's the thing, man, um, you know, drummers just going nuts in the craziest sections. I mean, we've all been there and you learn from it. And once you, once you see it, you go, okay, never do that again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just drummers taking the craziest chances and not landing them. Mm -hmm. Oh, where they thought one was, they're on three. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that gets a bad reaction from the band. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so... That kind of thing, noodling in between songs. Mm. 
And then, okay, let's talk about the volume thing. Okay, if a song starts strong, play strong. When the verse comes in, you gotta bring it down because that's the message in the music. Mm -hmm. So you gotta bring it down, let that be heard, and don't overpower that. I mean, play something strong so that vocalist can feel it, but don't overpower the vocalist. Mm -hmm. When the chorus comes, set it up. You know, bring it, you know, bring it back up, verse back down. Pay attention to the soloists. Not all soloists wanna just go into it heavy. They may want to bring it down and start, so you got to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and build with the soloist. Right. I mean, and you know, I've played with you plenty of times. I can just tell when you're like, hey, I want it down here. I'm like, it makes sense to me. And when you start picking it up, it's like, okay, he wants it up. Oh, he wants back down. I'm like, I'm paying attention to you. Like, right. Once again, I got to be that foundation for you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's you creating something, tearing it down, creating something else. And then when you're ready to go all out, I gotta be there. And then with drummers, man, you gotta you gotta start strong, finish stronger. And what I mean by that, from the beginning of the show, you gotta be strong. But by, at the end of the show, you gotta be stronger. Mm -hmm. So you just can't give it all away. You gotta pace yourself, control yourself, because mm -hmm. every song has moments, and you gotta be there for that. But that grand finale, man, you you gotta be there. Yeah. really strong and you know I see some drummers doing it and see a lot of drummers really tired at the end of the show <laughs> it's yeah. like wow yeah. now when the band yeah. wants you to play you're not delivering <laughs> yeah so so here's another one that I've been thinking about with like technique in general and, and I've, I've uh, this guy I, I was I was feeling tight after 15 minutes of playing here a couple years ago and I went to this guy, uh, Jackie Lee, and he's like, man, you gotta, you gotta relax your shoulders, don't be squitching this whole thing. And I was thinking about drummers, when especially jazz guys hitting those like 240 Cherokee, you know, and they're, they're, they're not like, you know, right, right. and they're just, they're all there, you know, and they're... And the stick works for you, you don't yeah. work for the stick. The right amount of throw, the rebound, mm -hmm. of course you worked on that. Right. You, you did all of the training, and when it's showtime, yeah, you deliver. And yeah. they just sit there and lock it in. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure those drummers are aware of their breathing. Like, if I told you to get up and walk, I don't have to tell you to breathe while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I have to tell my students to breathe sometimes. Mm, and I ask them, yeah. I say, hey, are you breathing? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure. It's like I never think about that yeah. if I'm breathing. That's maybe the first time anybody's even said that to me. You do when, sing, when you're singing, obviously, but... You gotta breathe. You're the first person that I've ever heard ask me if I breathe while I'm playing. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's insane. You breathe, man. You, you gotta yeah. breathe, and that keeps you relaxed. You know, I mean, think about if you're gonna play something really fast, you can't be tense. Right. You can't be right. tense. Yeah, you, you gotta breathe, and you gotta be there, relaxed. Because because with our with our bow, for sure, you know, <laughs> when you're doing something really fast, I mean, you can't be, you know, you do, 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 yeah, I yeah, mean, that's insane, right? <laughs> right. I mean, after a song, you're gonna be done, you know, and so you're, you know, doing something really fast, and you've got you've got this amount of movement. And it always cracks me up with the rock drummers and they're here, you know, and I'm just like, and then you go watch someone, someone like yourself or, or, or Scotty McBee and they're doing mm right. but you know, and they're killing that, you know, sambas or something. And they're, they're here there on you this hi-hat, you know, and their snare is here, you know, and they're not. And all this stuff is happening, even soft volume, loud volume, it's all here. And you're thinking, what? 
that person's not really doing anything, mm-hmm. but I hear what's happening. Mm-hmm. And man, I've been told so many things. You know, everyone has their viewpoint. You know, I've been told, like, hey, man, you're really exciting to watch. Hey, man, you're really boring to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my dad has said that to me, too. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, if you're on doing, like, some rock stuff with your violin, what the crowd wants to see is... Right, you know, and, right. but my stupid, you know, classical stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. If I want to actually sound good, it's and that's all you're seeing the whole show. It's like this much both, you know, you know that, that just cracks me up. <laughs> and so, so I mean, so so those guys just probably have never been told. Right, I mean, they, right. so I'm, t- I'm thinking about random like jammers out there that oh, are that's, you know, um, doing man, this that's, stuff. That's what they uh, grew up seeing. Yeah. And sometimes, if you really look, and you'll enjoy this, look at a drummer that's doing this, but really look at what's happening here. Mm. If they're doing that, that's tight. But if you see a whip motion, yeah. 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 So they're just yeah, selling, that's the same way they're selling you the motion. Yeah. They're giving you like, oh yeah, I'm all over the place, I'm a madman. Mm. Those wrists are really loose and they're nailing everything right. and they're not working hard. Right. You know, that's just emotion. What was the, what was the drummer guy that uh, went and played with for a famous, uh, Art Blakey was that his name? Art's the, one of those famous yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. okay, the, that big band. So I, I saw, I think it was him. I don't remember who it was, but I remember a solo while. It was probably on the Ken Burns video thing. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. You know, you know, I mean, he's doing all this crazy <laughs> crap, you know, and... And that's what that's what drives me nuts, I think, and probably worse with drummers than violinists. But like that's 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 just what everybody wants to do. And man, it's back to the teaching thing. It's like, man, you guys, you guys can't play yet. You're just wanting to do all this ridiculous. They, want, they crap, see that, yeah, know? they see yeah. that, but they they don't see. You know, art can keep time. Yeah, Tony Williams can keep time. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Louis Belson could keep time, mm. but they just see the, the highlight, the big mm. drum solo. Right. Yeah. And it's like, man, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta learn how to play before you can do all that stuff. Cause you know, sometimes that's, that's just not even on the job requirements. Mm-hmm. Can you keep time? Yeah. Can you make it feel good? Can you stay out of the way? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you have this big kit, this is for show. Hi-hat kick snare. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you make that work? <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember um, the late great Donovan, you know, when he was up there oh, with Bonnie, man. you know, and, we and miss he him. had, yeah, I, I miss him too, we man. I would have loved to have him on the show. That would have been oh. great. But it, but he uh, he would be up there with Lonnie at the Phoenix, you know, and and he'd have and he'd bring like this stand for his stupid splash, you know, just to be silly, you know. But but he'd have ride hi hat snare kick. You know, and, and it sounded it, like a whole and, drum kit. And, and it, it sounded <laughs> insane, you know, and and the, and he'd flip his stick around, get more heavy on whatever, flip mm-hmm. it back around, use the use the rim clicks, use the and like that. That was just nuts. How how great any anybody like yourself or him or whoever could could sound with with very stripped down. Man, he 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 was very aware musically. Mm-hmm. He was aware of the room. Mm-hmm. So just to turn the stick around to get just a little bit of volume, not mm-hmm. a lot, just a little bit, yeah, gives you that intensity. Mm-hmm. But he's not killing you, you know. Um, you know, you know, at, at the Phoenix, man, um, you can't get loud there. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a bar first, 
Right. They're trying to sell something. Right. They can't yell at people taking orders and you're just bashing away. Right. If you got a nice, comfortable groove in the background, oh, you, you can work there all night long. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and he, he had it down, man. And um, that's becoming a, a growing thing. I, I like to say that uh, there are some drummers that are paying attention to that. You know, what we talked about earlier, when to pick it up, when to bring it down. Mm -hmm. But yet it's still enjoyable. It's oh, not sure. taking your head off. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to bash and crash, as I call right. it. <laughs> like, I, I would say, in general, most of the jazz guys in town are pretty good about that. Oh, they got, the yeah, yeah, the, they got the touch. Yeah, they got the touch. The touch, the etiquette. The, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, and, and we're talking mostly about maybe, yeah, I don't even want to stereotype, but I, I'd say the jazz guys in general are usually pretty good at cueing the end of solos, knowing when to come up and come down, exactly. listening, like... And uh, so, so you said something about club owners that I thought was really funny, and that's a whole other thing I wanted to talk with. Just, just the general like business side of being a musician is something that I'm really fascinated by. Right. That would be my one advice for any younger person is don't neglect that crap because all that's all we do at school is play music beautifully. Mm -hmm. That's all you know how to do, and then you go, oh wait, how do I say jokes to an audience in between sets, or how do I say? How do I even come at this club owner? You know, do I jokes? Do I come at him with, no, no, no. When do you want, you know, what attitude do you come at him? And like, you know, my dad asked me one time, so how much money did you make last year? And I went, uh, I don't know. Cause I didn't write it down. I didn't, you know, I'm not organized. I don't do a spreadsheet. I don't write all down. that kind of crap. And like, and so like, so I guess, I guess the question is one, one thing that always cracks me up is when I hear a lot of other musicians talking about how come that band's getting gigs? They're not even good, right? And, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, how many times have you heard that, right? I mean, a million times, Plenty right? Times. Yeah, and, and, like, and I'm like, yeah, but they, like, they have an email list. Like, they are, you know, they're kind of doing it. They, they were out today talking to one club owner. Mm -hmm. They were doing something, you know, they, they you know, uh, suck it up like i mean let's think about it in today's times we have all this stuff the social media mm -hmm. club owners can see what you're up to if you're gonna play their place mm -hmm. they can see how much advertising you're doing okay they can tell they talk to other club owners mm -hmm. they all talk a lot of mm -hmm. people don't think about that it's a business they have a business to provide entertainment sell whatever it is they're selling and you got to be the band that can make that happen. And what I mean by that, you know, whatever your band is, whatever the music is, do the music well, you know. But people taking orders rather talk than yell. So be conscious of that. And what you're playing can make people thirsty now. What I mean is if you're a, let's say you're a pop band, okay, you got to make people dance. If you're into your set an hour and no one's dancing, there's a problem. Mm. And there are those bands that, okay, pop music may not be the popular thing in choice, but mm. there are some bands that do it really well and people get out there early to get a good spot so they can sit, have the right table, then they have that direct movement to the dance floor to dance and before you know it they're thirsty they're ordering drinks a lot that you know that gets back to the owner yeah yeah
Right. That gets back, and that keeps you working. Not only this, so here's something else that people don't think about. Playing in those clubs, you know, we get a chance to enjoy some meals. I mean, I know everyone looks forward to, like, the beer tab and all that, but mm-hmm. you get to enjoy a meal. If you do that, you need to tip your waitress. Think about it. The waitresses talk to the club owners. They talk to management. Mm-hmm. Have them talking great about you, not anything yeah. negative. Right. It's the little thing. So this band that may not be so good, they're doing something. You know, what you were saying, advertising. Mm-hmm. They're starting on time. Mm-hmm. They, they got a, a following. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're great tippers when they get their meals or even the beer tab. They don't go over the beer tab, yeah. but they take care of the bartender on top of that. That kind of adds right. up to the band that plays everything correct, but no one will come out and see them and dance to right. them and they won't tip and they go over the bar tab and then argue at the end of the night. Oh, well, yeah. you should just let us have it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because, so, because like, I, it, seems, it seems to me that where, where I'm at is there are so many of us that are at that, and I'm just going to make a, an example of a band where we're at that three to $400 kind of band. We're playing two to three shows a month. We, you know, you play for even, even a year at a place and then they get a new owner and you, you know, they chop you and you go to another bar and they, and then like it's accidentally seven years later and you're, you've played somebody like myself who's played in three, four bands, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it always gets up to that and then dies. It gets up to the 400 dies, gets it. And so where, where I think everybody wants to is they, they want to get to that, like maybe somebody like Samantha would be an example of getting to that next level, you right. know, where where that right. where you're where you're not demanding, but you're asking for like that eight to fifteen hundred dollar, bringing in easily forty people a show, like of your fans, you know, that type of a level of a band, and that that's where I think all of us are struggling to get, obviously, to get to that that second tier. I look at it as kind of three different tiers. You've got that. You know the the people that can never even barely get a gig. They're always just sitting in the garage. Right. And then you got the second <laughs> level of the bands that any of us have been in many of. And then you have that level of the eight to fifteen hundred, maybe playing a couple festivals once in a while. And then you have like the glacial, you know, Justin uh, Bieber area, right, you know, yeah. Yeah. Aerosmith, whatever. But uh, but that next like level where, it, so. Uh, a bunch of the things that you just mentioned. Do you think that's more of the problem than than the actual music? Um, of people not doing the businessy stuff, or or is it you got to you know? do the business? I mean, first of all, no music, no show. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if the music is not happening, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get a show. Mm-hmm. You got to have it down. But once you got it down and you have the right way to present it, it is a business. It's mm-hmm. called music business, mm-hmm. and you got to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, when you play a club, no capacity know what a full house looks like versus a half full house you got to see these things so you don't get shorted because you know some club owners might try to short you you never know <laughs> but if it's a really good night you can go into points make a little extra you you, you got to know you got to know how it works um the business side is important mm-hmm. yeah and i mean trust me i i love having great music putting on a great show but the business has to be right Mm. Yeah, you want it all to be right. Right. Yeah. You know, this is how we're, this is how I make a living, teaching and performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it has to be right. Right. Wait, I, one time, uh, 
Lonnie came up with me to, to Panera and we sat there and talked for an hour or two. You know, he's oh, wow. a great guy, Lonnie McFadden. And, uh, he, he was saying a lot of the similar things that you're saying. And he was, he's like, and, and I was basically telling him that as a, as a younger kid starting my band, uh, with uh, with Brad, you probably know Brad Williams. I oh played yeah, with Brad and DeAndre. Yes, DeAndre yes. Played, yes. You know, they were killer players, and we had this rock thing going for a little bit. But you know, I was I was sitting there pretending that I'm gonna have all this integrity, that I'm only gonna play originals, right? And I'm gonna only do jazz, and 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 he was kind of telling me, you know, he's like, well, and and he didn't even really specifically say this, but I I got this from our conversation that. I'm like, wait a second, I love covers. I have 500 cover CDs at home. Hold on a second. Whoa, you know, and I had to rethink, like, <laughs> wait a second, I don't hate covers. I just need to find good ones. You know, I need to find ones where I don't feel like the performing monkey. You there, know? You and, and like, there you and go. And the, the ones that I always suggest that we tried to do in our band was like Money, Pink Floyd. We tried to do like uh, Ramblin' Man. We did, like, you know... Uh, you know, we, we did some ones that were sort of fun, you know, they weren't Mustang Sally, they weren't, you know, Sweet Home Alabama, you know, but, but they were ones that still the, the crowd liked, you know, and they were still mildly challenging. Right. You know, we did like Peg, we did, you know, I mean, we did, we did a couple tunes that they could easily handle because nice. I was playing with, I was playing with, you know, nice nutcases, you know, that could, you know, read 44 <clears throat> tunes and crap, you know, but, but that, that was kind of the thing is he's like, you and, and definitely the how, how the other musicians were dealing with me and the club owners and stuff. I was frustrated, of course, being a new. And he said, he goes, the faster you, this is what Lonnie said to me straight up. He goes, the faster you get your head into reality, the better off you're going to be. I was like, oh. <laughs> you those know, are words. That, right those there. are words. And, wow. and that, that's some pretty damn good advice. Yes. And he's like, quit wishing. You're, you're doing all this wishing crap. You know, he's like. If you flip your brain into where the club owners are actually at, quit wishing that the quit wish, wishing that the scene would like jazz more. Quit wishing that that the people would X, Y, and Z, or that the club owners would this and that. You know, and go to you know go at least a ways to where they're at. You right. don't have to go the whole way. Like come up with you don't have to play Mustang Sally. You can play these other. But he he said that, and it really was a. a insanely good piece of advice wow that yeah. those are strong words but you, you know what's funny though <sighs> mustang sally brick house mm -hmm. tunes like that <clears throat> you try to stay away from them but when you see a band play those tunes good or bad mm -hmm. that dance floor fills up mm -hmm. and i'm like why and you know there are some clubs <laughs> no Mustang Sally, mm -hmm. but right. people will play it, and it and it fills it fills up. Like mm -hmm. these are songs we can never get away from. Mm -hmm. It's been a very long time since I played either either of those songs, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm happy about right, that. Yeah, yeah. But man, if that had to be on the job requirements, like oh, here we go again, mm -hmm. and there there it is. Right. People on the floor. So what what do you do when you do have to play that song? What's your what where where's your head at? It's gonna you be know? okay. They call it. You start into it, and you just have to tell yourself we're gonna be here for a while mm -hmm. because all of a sudden there's a lot of solos mm -hmm. and it keeps the floor going, mm -hmm. and you can just sing that that song over and over, and the people just wanna be a part of it. Right. 
play it the way it is. Okay, you're going to sing. Oh, you just expanded the song again. People yeah, love that crowd right. participation. Mm -hmm. And, they, yeah, you just, you know, uh, drummer on break. <laughs> drummer saying, hey, you can leave me out of the solo section. Yeah. I'll just play here. I'm fine. Right. But you got the crowd going. You can't. You can't look bored. They'll pick up on it. Right. Yeah, you got to sell the song. You can't look at it as a drag. Right, right. I mean, right. And so, so you go into it looking like, all right, the, maybe not even that song. But let's say it's like, for, for myself, like a random like country waltz from 1930 or something. I'm like, okay, you know, this is, all right. But like, it, it's helpful, I guess, for me. Even at a jam, this happens a lot because I'll throw these random songs at you. But your your job is to play the crap out of that song. You got to, right? Man. You I mean, got to do like, that. And if I find some some thing like Scotty McBee is really good at this, and he'll throw in, you know, right. he'll do he'll do little silly stuff in there to amuse himself, obviously. But but he's like trying to make that as good as it can be, even though he thinks it's totally lame, right? You have to play the song. I yeah. mean, with today's technology, you don't want to be filmed being bored yeah yeah uh -huh. and okay we've always been told there's things in life that you will not agree with you have to do this you have to do that so make the best of it uh -huh. so whatever that song is that we don't care for when it's called uh -huh. we got to play it as if it's the greatest thing since sliced bread uh -huh. yeah. and we got to sell it uh -huh. no matter how long they stretch it out we got to be happy from beginning to end. Right. You know, once you're done with it, you can celebrate up here like, okay, that's over. Okay, let's just get back. But you you, you got to play it. Right. I mean, if you don't want to play, you shouldn't put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so yeah. with that idea of the, the $400 type band going up to the next one, right. that, that's, that's stuff that the audience can feel, right? I mean, they can feel you're bored as hell. They, right? they can and, tell. And, and, yeah. they, and they can tell. And like, is that... So, so that's part of a whole package, right? I mean, you have this, like I, I talk about the car, right? I mean, you don't got steering wheel, you don't have, or you just don't have tires. Like, is, is that $1,500 band, are they getting just like everything right? Is that the deal where, where they've, they have good songs, they look like they love this, right? They're doing the, the um, they're talking to the bar owner, right? They're getting the people there. Mm -hmm. Are they, is that really what it is? Is they just, they have all of it on lockdown they, they usually? Get, or? They have a thing now. We could probably listen to some of those bands and go, well, that part doesn't exactly go like that. Right. But then you look at the audience, they think mm -hmm. it's the greatest thing ever. Right. So how about this? Not all the bands, but maybe some of the bands have an audience that hear with their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see the show. Right. Yeah. You see how it's being presented. Right. You know. And they could be playing the parts incorrectly. But there's a thing going on. Yeah. It's a song that, hey, they know the verse, they know the chorus, that's good enough for me. Right. And it's working for them. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, there are other bands that are just tearing it up. Right. Like, well, that's how you play that song. I never would have thought of using this section as an intro for that song. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that a fusion run they just played to set up this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, then you go, okay, I can see why this band's working. Yeah. Right. And they got the show, but the musicianship is just 
equally there. Right. And they're having fun. They're laughing. So last question here. Can you tell me a really crazy gig that you played? Everybody loves gig stories. A crazy or, gig. Not crazy gig or, or a really great gig or like one that you'll never forget or a horrible one or you can answer it however you want. A very beautiful gig took place June 7th, 1997. That was a Saturday. It was called the Dot Fest. The Dot is, a, or was a radio station in Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, it was some airfield outside of Des Moines. Got to play for 30,000 people. Mm. Yeah, I was That's playing. A big show. I was playing with a band at the time called Billy Goat, and mm. I believe we took the stage at noon, and we only had to play for about an hour. Mm. Man, uh, I was the first guy to walk out on stage, and you know the band. The band was really popular, and as soon as I take those steps, people, ah, I'm like, okay, this is real. This mm. is it's one of those moments you yeah, dream about. Wow. And man, I just remember getting behind the drum kit, looking out. It's like, okay, got to make this one count. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, so much fun! Wow. That was a great show, man. That was great. That was just fun. Just the energy of thirty thousand, knowing the material, mm-hmm. and just getting crazy, getting into it. Yeah, that was really good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a different feeling than if they're just kind of randomly at a festival. Right, I mean, that's that's like their fans, right. you know. Yeah, right. that's probably a different feeling. That was really cool, especially that time of the day, mm-hmm. noon. People going crazy for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like okay, they know the material, and it, it was fun, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. That was a great moment. They were drunk already, probably. No, Dude, probably, <laughs> probably so. I mean, I guess nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was a good time, man. Thirty thousand people, and I've experienced the worst of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the same band playing somewhere in New Jersey. I forget where exactly, but zero people. Mm-hmm. Bartender, mm-hmm. doorman, but we played it as if it was sold out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glorified rehearsal. Right. It was fun, man. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So I've been on the low side, I've been on the high side. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, and you and you gotta you 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 gotta look at them the same, even though you can't, right? right I mean, right. thirty thousand and zeros, right? You just—it's impossible to see it, but but you gotta you gotta take those those zeros with serious, right? You have to, man. That um, okay? I, I realize there's no one in the audience, but I gotta play as if mm-hmm. it's sold out. It's good for you, good for the band. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Because we, we don't usually play to zero, but a lot of us have played to like 10. Right, right. 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 <laughs> a very, very, you know, pitiful audience, yeah. you know. But but you, but you that four top right there might come back and see you, right? I mean, exactly. like, so. Those 10 you, the 10 you played for, mm-hmm. next time it could be 20. Right. It could be 40. They'll talk. You do your job. Mm-hmm. You make them feel like. They are the world. They are the audience. That's the best thing yeah. ever. They'll go and talk. I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. I bought this CD. Listen to them. You got to go see them. Yeah, they'll bring people. And right. before you know it, you know, and you know, club owners are paying attention. You know, a little more people. A little wow, this place is almost packed. Okay, we're gonna put you on a Friday or Saturday. 
Look at this, sold out. I knew we had something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's because of those initial 10 you played for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You treated and, and, them like 10,000. Yeah. And yeah. The, the owner saw you, obviously. Like what There's the owner, yeah. Know? Yeah, the owner saw you. So, like, so, so last, last question for you here. It's probably wrapping up. The, what, do, what do you think about the general? We, we talked a little bit about it already. Is the general idea of, of just excuse making from people. That really drives me nuts lately, you know, is, and, and I'm trying to, you know, obviously all of us do it once in a while, but, uh, we all get caught, you know, or catch ourselves, but I, it's like I was saying, you know, guy, guys saying that band, you know, that band's not even good. And like me or the crowd or crowds, crowds are not coming to hear music anymore or people just don't get us, you know, or, or the, the club owner is just a, you know, greedy and da, 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 you know what, like are that, that, that's even a, you know, you could even blow that up. Oh yeah. A very, very, you know, political argument going on right now of, right. Of, of people who have a legitimate argument of some structural things that are in the way, but there's all this other stuff that as far as I'm concerned that you can't lay at a bar owner, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so what, like, where do you lay on that? You know, you, you, you ask uh, band B, what can you bring to the table that band A is not bringing? Mm-hmm. You know, you ask them, why is band A working? Well, look at what they're doing. Looks like they're having fun. The crowd's having fun. You know, band A could be a band that plays everything perfectly. Band A could be a band that just gets through it. But, they're having fun. They're bringing in business. Mm-hmm. The, the owners are happy. I mean, the owners already advertised. Bands got to advertise and, and deliver a show. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that. So <clears throat> you, you can't get mad, uh, get inspired, tighten up your act, mm-hmm. get some people to see you so you can be an A-list band, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You just have to. I mean... If not, you're just gonna be sitting on the sidelines making excuses. Right. Yeah. And and even individually too, because I know a lot. Some of people that I've talked about, they they've been talking about like the jazz scene, even even back four or five years ago, and they're like, "Man, I never get called for gigs and stuff like that." And I I I was annoyed at that when I first got into town. I thought I was, you know, maybe thought I was at a level that I wasn't quite ready for jazz wise specifically. And I kind of realized that some of these guys, I was I I put my head in their there's, you know, my feet in their shoes for a second. I was like, wait a second. The, these guys need somebody who can come in and like sight read a whole show mm-hmm. like today, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they need somebody that, or somebody that could literally call 10 tunes off the drop of their hat if you needed them to call. And I, I had to sit there and go like, wait a second, I can't do that. You know? And so I was like, hold on, you know, who's, you know whose problem is this right now? You know, exactly. is, is the question I ask myself. I'm like, wait, well, I can't, they need people to do X, Y, and Z and I can't do those things. So I'm getting mad at them why they're not hiring me, but can't get mad. Right. I mean, you got to put yourself on the list. You got to step up and learn whatever it is they want you to learn, learn all their tunes. So when they, when you get that moment, <clears throat> they say, Hey, we need these 10 tunes and got it. What yeah. key? And then when you throw that at him, it's like, oh, he's one of us. What key? Mm, right. Keep keep him in the mix. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you gotta prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Man, I've gotten I've gotten so many gigs for just being prepared. Uh 
different styles. I mean, man, I look at my career, I'm just a, a bag of mixed nuts. Mm-hmm. I was in the R&B funk soul scene. I was in the rock scene. I was in the blues scene. I played jazz at one point. Learned a lot of tunes on the spot. Had to play them better the next week. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, I think all that prepared me for something. Like, hey, call him. He'll do it. Which means, okay, I got to do my homework. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tell my students about this. Uh, I give them a long time to learn one song. And then at one point I ask him, so what happens if you get a call, you got to learn 20 songs, you might play 15 of them, mm-hmm. but you got two days. <laughs> They're paying you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. What you going to do? Yeah. Do you pass it up because you're not prepared or you don't want to put the work in? Mm-hmm. Or do you take that challenge and... Mm-hmm. And do it. And mm-hmm. who knows? If they could call you back, they may never call you again. But it'd be a good um, reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, I did this. Right. And you feel good about it. You know, I tell them, don't do it for me. Do it for you. <laughs> a lot of guys don't mm-hmm. show up prepared. You know, they, they that's that's a thing that, that I've tried to be better at myself. Because definitely for me, I was so during school like like may, maybe I was similar to yourself where I was I was so far ahead during school but then by the time you get high school college everybody's sort of caught up right you know and and especially in college and and now the pros or whatever well you're dealing with guys that are really good you know so you're not you're you're looking at only your peers well now you just have to deal with anybody and so now you ain't a stud anymore now you're just you know another hopefully good player in right. town but you know these other guys are showing up and either they've done either they've done their homework for a long time right they, you know they've played these 70s rock tunes for 30 years so they they did their homework at some point in their life mm-hmm. so they can they can now show up but they did their homework at some point you know that and so like that that's and and I've tried to be better at that myself is trying to show up a little bit more prepared don't assume that you're going to come in here and just do it right i mean and, and being I, prepared is the way to go i still prepare for my current gigs right now mm-hmm. over prepare yeah i'll write a chart out and that's why you get called yeah i'll write a chart i'll yeah, sight yeah. read a song mm-hmm. on a show yeah. i will do it only to find out oh yeah that was good man but yeah we, we don't do it like the cd anymore we mm-hmm. we change some things up but Thank you for listening. And then, okay, you get away from the chart. Now you got to listen. Right. Oh, you end like that. Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. I'll, I'll remember that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All those little things prepare you for that big thing. Sure. And that happens a lot when, when we have bands that, 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 that really killed me when I, when I came from classical that I was so used to. There, there was absolutely zero decisions to make. Everything was done, everything was done for you. And that's what... Winton calls the the negotiation about you know of being in a band and right. now there isn't a leader maybe you know we're all talking it out and you we get to decide are we purposefully doing this not like the original to be unique are we going to do it on purpose like the original are we going to practice you got to have know, that discussion you know? yeah yeah you know? because you don't want to get on stage and then there's x amount of ideas happening at the same time mm-hmm. there's a break there thought you said not like the original we're playing through it. 
now there's all this chaos yeah, on stage. Yeah, you gotta talk that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you get on stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. But, uh, exactly. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, I don't know. We kind of hit a lot of cr- a lot of stuff right there. Man, um, we could talk all night I about know. this. <laughs> I love this stuff. That's why I'm doing the show. Man, I like to talk about thank this Thank you day. for doing this show. Thanks, man. And everyone that's watching, you need to watch all the episodes. Mm-hmm. I apologize now for keeping you up late at night, but you need to watch all the episodes. They're wonderful. Thanks to this guy right here. Thanks, man. Thanks for saying that. It's and, the uh, truth. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we got uh, lots more, uh, lots more episodes coming, and uh, gonna talk to some more musicians in Kansas City. We got an absolutely insane, insane scene here in Can- Kansas City. It's like uh, when I was with Brad and the band, I'm like, I was. We, we'd try to find a before DeAndre came in. We're trying to find bass players, and I'm. I'm thinking, okay, it's over. There's no more. And then Brad brings five more of them out of the woodworks How that nobody's that, ever man? heard of. You and, know? and having and DeAndre to pop up on the gig. He um, was nuts, yeah. He plays wonderful bass, but have you heard him play drums? No. Have, have you I, heard I him? I know he did, he, or he does. He can lay he down a groove, and, and he'll just sit there and play this one groove over and over, whatever groove he decides to play. And when he plays it, you go, man, just don't do it. You want to sample him. Mm-hmm. You know, don't change nothing. You want to sample him. It, it was a huge honor to get to play with those guys for a while. You know, you had, it, you had a powerhouse. It, behind yeah, you. I mean, it was, and then, uh, and then before DeAndre was there, uh, Dominique was there, Sanders. So, so it was, it was fun. It was there. You, you go. Know, yeah, like one gig, Brian, Brian Ruskin came in and so you know sat in one gig. So it was, it was a fun band. We had Brian, some all that knowledge in yeah. his head. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Brian knows who the one is at mm-hmm. any given moment. <laughs> I really like his band a lot too. It's really unique, and he's he's got you know so much. So, so many different styles running through his head and, and he's, he's he I mean, hears it all like, like like he said there's a lot of musicians mm-hmm. in Kansas City a lot of beautiful musicians mm-hmm. so yeah once again thank you for doing this yeah you're welcome man well thanks for being here and thanks so, for having this me this is Go Go Ray um, we'll be back next time get out of here <laughs>